<sighs> All right, folks. Uh, welcome to tonight's installment or today's installment or whenever you're listening to this installment of another GD podcast. Uh, I am joined tonight with uh, Mr. William Ryder. He was uh, at the Still City Safari NRL Hunter match this past weekend and was able to uh, to secure some uh, some hardware. Um, I unfortunately wasn't able to uh, to make it to the match. So if I can't do the interview in person, um, I might as well do it over Zoom and, and get the word or get the information out to uh, out to the listeners and still be able to cover the matches. So. William, thanks for joining me. Um, we've shot together a couple of times. Um, always a good time. So uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. How long you've uh, how long you've kind of been uh, shooting uh, long range, and then specifically NRL hunter stuff. That's what this is about. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Um, so I started shooting competitive rifle stuff at the end of 2019, like with the uh, the QP series quantified performance gas gun stuff. Okay. Um, and then. Uh, I shot that 2020, then ended up getting mobilized to Poland for a while. So I didn't shoot anything mostly in 2021, that in COVID. And then uh, moved to New Orleans in the end of 2022. And then I got into NRL Hunter. Um, January of 2023 was my first match. I flew out to Arizona to shoot the Ghost Hunter match, which is always the first match of the year. And uh, I just kind of got the bug bit. Um, and yeah, so this will be my full, my second full season shooting NRL hunter. Okay. And, um, so you said 2023. So basically last year was your, your, mm-hmm. your first year doing it. Um, yep. what's, uh, what do you think the biggest thing that you've learned from your first season or your first match to this, this most recent match that you shot? Uh, it's not necessarily a, a shooting game as much as it is a gear management game i I tell people that it's probably 65 70 percent gear and time management um and shooting maybe 30 percent of it uh you know just kind of like real hunting it's a lot of it is the prep work to get there and the actual shot is generally pretty easy um can be some challenge to it right but but it's not the hard part of the whole thing okay did you shoot the uh did you shoot the ghost hunter this year I did. Yep. I shot it this year. Yeah. Okay. So don't, um, if I'm not mistaken, you said there was some generally the shots aren't necessarily difficult, but the match director mm-hmm. can throw one in there. Don't they throw like a coyote super far out. And then like, it's kind of like a bonus target for, for shooters that they find it from, uh, from a stage. Yeah. So what they do, um, is they have a, it's, I think it's like $20 buy-in or something like that. And, um, all the proceeds, if it, if nobody gets it, goes to the Sokka Foundation. Uh, okay. If somebody finds it, they get one shot at it. And um, if they if they hit it, then they, I believe they get half of the proceeds, and the other half still goes to the Sokka. Okay. Um, but I'm not 100% sure on the 50-50 part. But I know that's been going on two years now. And last year, I don't think anybody even found it. This year, like three people found it but could never get a good range on it. Um, is my understanding. I could be wrong on that, but yeah, to my knowledge, I know for sure it hasn't been hit in the last two years. Oh, wow. Well, at least they're getting some, some money donated to the, to their, uh, yeah. to their charity. And they don't tell, they don't tell you where you can see it at. You can see it from multiple stages. So say you saw it on stage 10, but you didn't have time to shoot it. If you can remember where it is when you get to 12, 13 or whatever, 
you can shoot it from there too. Or say you saw it and you're too far away. You're like, oh, well, I know if I go down this ridge line because that's where the stages are going, you can wait till you get closer to try and shoot it. Because once again, you only get one shot at it. Oh, okay. One shot through the whole match, not per stage. Yeah, okay. one shot through the whole match is my understanding. Okay, interesting. So um, you went out to Arizona and shot, and then you just shot this one, the Steel City Safari, and that was mm-hmm. in Vance, Alabama. Um, looked like the weather was a little wet and a little muddy, some, uh, some overcast, a little bit of rain. Uh, tell me, tell me about the actual range that you guys were at. Cause that's not a, that's not a normal rifle range. If I, if I understand correctly, they don't have PRS matches there. I think they do more of the, uh, sniper and team matches at that location. Yeah. So it's a really unique venue. It's about 30, 45 minutes East of Tuscaloosa. Um, and yeah, they, they mostly do the the team sniper type matches, uh, you know, fine range and engage type stuff. Um, really great venue for that. Uh, lots of good um, elevation, which is kind of hard to find in the southeast like this. But we were probably shooting some, you know, uh, I'm gonna mess up thing, fifteen to twenty degree angle shots on some stuff. Uh, okay, so it's pretty pretty good pretty good angles. Um, they they don't do any PRS stuff, and I don't think that's anything against PRS. I just think that that just they're a relatively new range to hosting matches. Okay. Um, this is their first national level match. And uh, going forward, they're supposed to be hosting NRL Hunter one day matches like once a month starting here in the near future. Okay. So, Fantastic. Yeah. Um, how, how was the, how was the range laid out? Was this a lot of uh, rucking? Um, was this a, was this, the traditional square range that we find in the Southeast. I see you got some Bayou ballistics hardware up in the back. Was it similar to Bayou ballistics where it was a very square range or was it more, um, more open, more laid out to where you actually had to ruck or actually carry gear from uh, location to location? So it's a mix. So there was two stages on, like a, a square range, so to speak. Um, it's all a UKD range, but yeah, there was two stages there, but then the other six, um, cause we shot each day, eight stages each day. The other six were up on a ridge line and the hike wasn't crazy. Um, it wasn't one I expected cause I, I had not been up that ridge line before. Um, but it wasn't nothing r- ridiculous. Nobody dropped out because of it that I'm aware of. Nobody, you know, needed hiking sticks. It's, you know, two Hills that are, I don't know, probably, 200 feet in elevation kind of thing. Like it's, okay. it's not horrible, um, but it's definitely a, there was a slight physical aspect to it, but nothing that was unobtainable. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. It's not mammoth. It definitely is not like that. <laughs> it's not mammoth. <laughs> yeah. Not mammoth. Fantastic. Um, so did it, so as you shot this match as an RO, so you shot everything on Friday, all 16 stages mm-hmm. on Friday. Did it rain on you guys on Friday? No, we we uh we had better weather as far as precipitation goes, but I will say that we had more wind on Friday, so okay. it was sunnier and drier because it didn't mist at all. We we uh, that's a lie. We had like a very fine sprinkle, like twice, but it was just enough to like, is it raining? Question mark. Yeah. Um, but we definitely had. <laughs> it wasn't even that much. It was one of those like, did somebody just spit on me while they were talking, or was it like actual rain kind of cop question? But uh. We definitely had probably five more mile an hour wind. Like it was, 
there was definitely some 10 to 15 gusts kind of thing, but it was a, it was never a steady wind. You know, and the ridgeline that we were shooting for was all covered by trees. So we couldn't really feel it on the shooter. You have to look down range and see what was going on. Um, you know, I would say every shot that I missed this weekend, with the exception of one where I just had a bad die was, they were all just bad wind calls. Okay. Um, um, everything I was able to get super stable, steady. It just, I made a, a deliberate effort to make a good wind call. And when I pulled the trigger, it just was not the right call. Okay. And then, um, so fair to say, uh, better conditions for the shooter on Friday than during the actual match Saturday and Sunday. Um, it depends. Like, is it, would you rather have wind or would you rather have a slight drizzle? Cause it wasn't ever a heavy rain, even on Sunday. Um, okay. it was honestly, it was enough rain that, yeah, you put on some rain gear, but you didn't get soaked. Um, and you were able to see what the wind is doing cause it was pushing the rain. So it's a pros and cons kind of thing. Okay. Um, well, I asked that question to ask, you know, um, there's always been the big debate of, you know, ROs get to shoot the match four points for, Mm-hmm. Uh, for prize table walk, everything like that. I was trying to bait you into to saying the ROs either had it easier or the shooters had it easier. Which uh, which one you thought? Um, so coming, coming that, from the RO a, perspective, because that's that's, that's always the debate. Them. Yeah, and I, I've ROed and shot them. like in Arizona, for instance. The ROs had fabulous weather. Like there wasn't a a, a wind there at all, and then Sunday it, it rained on us, but. The thing with that is one, anybody can RO to sign up to RO, right? Like that, that's a choice. Like I ROed one cause it's closer for me. It's like a six hour drive. Um, it's free if you RO it, uh, but anybody can sign up to RO. The thing that you don't know though, when you sign up is we sign up for these matches months in advance. We don't know what the forecast is going right. to be. Right. In the same time we, uh, we shot all 16 stages in one day. I was the first shooter of the day and I was the third from the last shooter of the day. So I started right. us out and then there was two guys after me. And when we ended on Friday, someone in the SIG 10 K's and they have a blue hue to them. I know it, but right. their laser is the best laser and binos out there right now. I'll, I'll argue that with anybody. Uh, but in the, the sun, when the sun is setting or rising, not what you want to be using. And so right. when I was that third to last shooter of the day at like five o'clock, like, I'm like, come on, we got to go. Or I'm not even going to be able to see these targets. So, Right. There's that. Um, and there's also the rate of fire. It's like uh, some of the bigger matches like Arizona have 20 stages. And you can shoot those all in one day. You might only have time to load your magazine between stages. There's no sitting around letting your barrel cool down while you right. bullshit with the, you know, the homies or whatever. Yeah. It's stuff your mag. You're on to the next stage. Let's go kind of thing. So there's pros yeah, and cons definitely. to it all. Right. It's, it is what it is. It's just the luck of the draw. Just like any hunt you go on, you don't know. So it's not all about weather. Yeah. No. Cool. Um, so let's go over what division you're in. What, um, what were you shooting in this match? So this, uh, shot open heavy, uh, part mostly the reason is, uh, last year I shot factory division with the goal of picking up stuff off the prize table to build a rifle in one of the open divisions, whether it was light or heavy, just determined upon what I picked up off the table. Okay. Um, so I'm shooting a Manners LRH stock that I won at arena last year. Okay. I'm shooting a Bartline barrel blank that I won at Jim C's Watunko, Oklahoma match last year. Okay. Uh, a Badger ordnance C1 max mount that I picked up at a QP match. Um, a trigger tech diamond 
two stages that I got at one of Robert's matches, and then a Terminus Azus that I got half off from Huey Dewitt's match, and um, the scope and the break are stuff that I bought out of pocket. But uh, okay, so I'm shooting a 26 inch 65 Creedmoor, um, shooting 140 ELDMs right at power factor, like uh, 2740, 2750, give or take. Um, using uh, Peterson, yeah, small I can't rifle remember firefighter. what power factor is. 2715 is what I need to be, and I'm shooting like 2740. And it's not by choice. It's just that that's where the gun likes to run. It's a, I, I would say this barrel's a little bit slower, um, but it's, you know, eight round groups off of a sub 16 pound gun or they're printing under 0.6 okay. consistently, like 100% all the time. And you just have that's to it. figure out what the matching power factor is, if I'm not mistaken. So grains times velocity, and then you just have to. Well, yeah. Yep. So for open for the open divisions and teams, you have to meet a power factor of three hundred and eighty thousand. So you take your bullet weight times the velocity, and that gives it to you. For factory, okay. you don't need it. Um, and if you're shooting factory ammo in the open divisions, you don't need it. Factory ammo, like Winchester White Box, Hornady Match, Federal Gold Medal, you know, stuff that you can ro- walk into Academy Sports and buy off the boxes. You know what they consider fact. Eagle Eye doesn't count as factory, right? So. Okay. Um, so you, you basically were able to pick most of the, the items up to do this build off of, off of prize tables from last year's match. Um, yep. you thinking about breaking out the SIG at any of these, at any of these other matches or. So it's packed. I'm going to the range tomorrow. We got a four day weekend. So I'm going tomorrow to, uh, to work up a load. Cause Last year at the Grand Slam, I ran it and I didn't have a load for it. And it, I don't want to make excuses, but I'm, I'm not confident in what I was shooting last year uh, as far as the group size and ability of the rifle because I used one load from one cross and I put it in a new cross and it just it was a poor decision on my behalf. But uh, I'm, I'm probably going to bust out the cross once or twice this season. We'll see. I'm definitely going to try and bust into an open light, uh, maybe one of Robert's matches. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make either one of his matches this year. They're both like during stuff that I've got. (laughs) Understood. Understood. Um, So what other gear? So we went over your rifle, but what is the other gear? You said that this this game is a lot of gear management and time management. So Mm -hmm. what is that gear that you're managing? Um, So you got your binoculars or whatever your range finding devices. Um, I have the SIG 10Ks. Uh, like I said, I think it's the best laser out there right now. Um, then I'm running tripods, a Leofoto uh, three-section. Uh, I think it's a 364 SA or something like that. Um, I'm using Armageddon Gear Game Changer. Uh, Are you going light fill or sand fill? Uh, I'm going glass beads. Uh, Scott Peterson turned me on to that a couple months back because the glass beads don't absorb moisture when it gets wet out there. Fantastic. Um, so it's, it weighs about what a sand, a heavy fill would, maybe a little bit more to be honest, but, uh, it's, um, it's a bigger texture grain, kind of like the get light fill size, Okay, but it's just heavier. Cool. So gear wise, that's, that's about it. Um, and, and yeah, in these NRL hunters, you're, you're required to have everything like stowed away and packed in a ruck. So what are you using for a, for a bag hmm. or a ruck? So I'm using the mystery ranch two day assault pack. Uh, I went with that because it's it's easy as a main zipper that goes the whole way down the middle. So if I need to dig into it, it's easy to get into, which ironically enough at Arizona this year, 
first stage of the match, like, you know, the jitters, I'm running up to the stage and I'm like, oh crap, my game changer is still in my bag because normally I have it on my hip. And uh, right. so I was able to rip the bag open and it really didn't hinder me at all. But uh, I like it because of that. It has a small plastic mini frame almost in it as well. Okay. Um, so it's, it's a pretty stiff bag. Uh, it's small enough to carry or it's big enough to carry what I need and small enough to not give me room to carry a bunch of extra crap. Right. You know, it, very, it, it makes me uh, triage the stuff I carry. Right. So I last year, the two matches, I did the Mystery Ranch, um, like the Medic Pack, the Rats Pack. Mm-hmm. Packed way too much extra stuff because it's big. Um, but this year, uh, the shop got us uh, the Agilite bags. And I was like, man, how am I gonna how am I gonna attach my tripod to this thing and like get it secured or whatever? So let's turn around and grab it. I went to Home Depot <laughs> and bought a PVC coupler and then just zip tied it on there. And then when I dropped the when I dropped the the tripod in there the rubber actually grabs onto the legs and keeps it pretty secure. Okay. So yeah. I was like, I'm using the little OBI clips. Uh, okay. Yeah. Just super, you know, small frame or not frame, but a footprint, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Um, I, I learned about those last year and I'm running a couple of those running one of those for my tripod on the side of my bag. And then this year I started running one on my game changer and I keep my game changer on my hip. Yeah. Um, originally I'd had my game changer in the, the side pouch, like water bottle pouch in my pack. But I just, I found sometimes one, it fell out one time while I was running and two, sometimes I have to fight to get it out of the bat the pouch because of the, the pouch right. itself is elastic. Right. And it's not like that's costing you minutes, but it's costing you seconds, if not like two to three seconds. And that's the time for one shot. Right. Yeah. And so that's those seconds is why I run the, the 10Ks. I had started out with the Furies and I would range and it was literally like one, two, come on, Fury. And it'd be like three or four or five seconds before I get a range back. Well, if you're doing that on a four target stage, there goes 20 seconds of your time. Right. So, yeah. Very, oh, that's very speaking true. of time. The little kitchen talking timer, Spur yep. Scientific. Dude, that thing is a lifesaver. I, I learned about it at last year. Um, I carry one in my backpack as a as a backup because I don't feel they're super durable. I haven't broken one. I just I don't get the vibe that they're durable. They're not. Then, uh, they're not durable. Yeah. I'm, I'm on my second one. In a, but it's I start the time at four minutes and one second instead of just four minutes. That way, I know when I hit the start button, it counts down four minutes, right. so I know that I hit the right button. Yep. That's smart. That's smart. Yeah, I'm able to use a lot of that that time. Like this weekend, like when I heard some people were running between positions, and I remember like looking at my time, I'm like, oh, I still got a minute, and I would just walk to keep my heart rate down in between stages because I knew my time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so that was gear management and kind of time management. Um, with that, did you? We know that this is like a 65 percent gear management stage. Was there any stages? where you messed that up or <coughs> could have gone, could have gone better for you. Excuse me. Mm, gear wise. The only gear issue was me just dialing wrong at one point. Um, there's some stages where I try, I, I like to tripod rear as much as I can because it makes it more stable. Yep. And I, uh, it, it never like cost me where I timed out. 
but it could have probably been just as efficient without the tripod, without fighting it because of some of the positions uh, Scott put us in where it, it almost made a tripod either not worth it or just almost near impossible, depending on the size of your tripod. Right. Um, so I saw some of the though, pictures where you guys were like super, super low on that set of rocks and a lot of people like bagged it. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what any of the stage descriptions were. Like I said, I wasn't there, but I assume you had to change positions on that rock or on that set of rocks. But on the yeah, very was... far right, it was a very low position. And all the pictures that I saw, guys were just bagged down, gun on the bag in the prone. Uh, but they kind of seemed to be shooting upish hill. Yep. So that one was a uh, four positions, one hog at probably, I think it was like, we'll call it 650-ish yards, I think it was. Okay. Um, so it was, a, it was a rather forgiving wind target side width-wise. Um, but if you ha- – so I shot it bag front. No, I shot it a bipod front bag rear. Um, okay. Because prone is always our most stable position. So anytime you can try to emulate that, modified prone, always do it. Um, so take the few extra seconds because – I don't know if you looked at the actual scores, but I only took third place by one point. The oh, guy wow. in fourth was, was one point behind me. So, um, you know, those extra few seconds to get into that prone instead of just shooting off a bag and potentially jerking it or something like that was the difference. Um, in this case, the difference for me was actually the vortex impact uh, is what saved me that one point on a stage. Okay. Um, so you were running the impact. You were using – you were using yep, so binos I, and an impact? Yeah, so I got the impact right before the Arizona match, and um, I picked up a prize cert off of the Bama uh, RO table for like the standard Vortex 30% off kind of thing. So I bought right. that, and I wanted to use it because I can see where it comes in handy. I don't fully trust it as my main ranging device yet because I can't look at it and look at the reticle on my scope at the same at the time. Same time just like you, like you can in binos. So in binos, when I'm ranging, I'm hitting, constantly hitting the button. I watch as the ranges pop back to me. And I can, when I see one that's closer, I'm like, okay, that's in front of that berm. I know that's probably the range. Right. Whereas with the impact, I can't do that. But uh, there was a stage, it was like four coyotes, one position. And I had gone one for one for one. And then on the fourth one, I was like two mils lower or mil low or something like that. And I was like, something's not right here. Like that wasn't a bad trigger press. That was, that was bad dope. So I didn't have time to pull the binos out, so I dialed back to zero real quick, ranged it with the uh, the impact, and was able to just barely get it. So okay, um, I will say that it saved me the the, the match there, so to speak. Okay, um, on that one stage. Interesting. Um, so you said that you you the difference between you and fourth place was was one point. So you did mm-hmm. take third and you were shooting open, open heavy. So one, yep. congratulations. Um, Thanks. Uh, and then, so let's go over, what was your favorite stage? Uh, so I asked some of the other ROs that and other competitors or hunters. Um, there was one stage that there was a lot of good different stages. There were a lot of Scott putting some, some stuff uh, like it was a downward slope with a tree stump that was probably four feet tall and it was probably eight inches in diameter. And that was it. That was your prop. And it was like a 600 yard target or something like that. Um, that was a fun one. They had just built like this new tree house kind of thing we shot off of. Yeah. I um, saw that in the SIG, the SIG video. That looks super cool. 
Yeah, they literally had just built that like the day before the match. Nice. Um, so it's it was a there are a lot of good stages. Like it's hard to pick a favorite. Um, yeah. Generally, the one that you clean is is what most people tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't see. Yeah, I'm, for me, like it's not that I like the ones that I learned something on. Okay, uh, I like the ones where I learn, um, you know, whether it was a new position or a better way to you know to attack that stage or something like that. Um, I like the I like the ones that I learned on. That's to me, this game is a, is a challenge and right. it's problem solving, and so I like to think of of unique ways to challenge to save that. So, so here we go. Now we're talking about, there was a stage, you know, the, um, the Humvee trailers, like the single axle, yep. small, damn one ten, like, Yeah. Yeah. Like five feet by five feet or something. You had to shoot out of the corners in the back of it. So Scott had tape in the middle and you had to be like, it was like eight inches from one edge and eight inches from the other. And you had to shoot, um, two different turkeys from the right side and two from the left side. Well, I'm a right-handed guy and I'm a bigger guy. I didn't even try to think about just sitting in between the hump and the back. So what I did is I grabbed my tripod, tripod reader, and I laid on the outside edge of it like Superman. Um, it looked awkward as hell, but it worked. <laughs> and uh, so there I like those those weird positional type stuff. That that was probably my favorite stage. Now that we talk more about it. Okay, and then what's the stage that you want back? Say you didn't do good on it, <laughs> or you know you dropped there one was- off of that coyote. What's the one you want back? There was a cattle gate up on the ridge, and I won it back because I dialed 1.9 instead of 0.9. Ooh, and, uh, yep, yeah. And it, it, as soon as I shot it, or as soon as I shot it, I was like, "That dope's off." I didn't think anything of it because it was a cattle gate. I thought, "All right, well, maybe, maybe I just wasn't stable." So I sent another one, and then it went to the same place. And I was like, "Okay, something's off here." So when I go to dial for the next one, I realized that I'm like not on the right dope, and so like I immediately realized what it was. So that stage was fun because now I learned that. On the first, on the on your first shot on something, if it's wrong, check your dope before you send it again. That's, yeah, that's what okay. I took away from that. So yeah, that's good. That's a good aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then overall, you've shot a you shot a bunch of these matches. How was the overall match? Like, um, was there any wonky stages? Were all the stages pretty um, pretty accurate to to what we come to expect in a hunter match? Um, like, yeah, there was there was good facility, gaming. good good. I don't want to say amenities because it is still a new range, and they just built that yeah. thing the day before, and like it's not K and M where they got a giant pavilion or anything else like that. What's the what's the overall assessment? Um, it's it was a first. Off, it was a great course of fire. There was nothing too too hard, nothing too easy. Um, you know, Alwine Matt Alwine's a great shooter. I don't want to take anything from him, but he still dropped two. One of those drops though is because he shot a doe instead of a buck. Like there was a buck and a doe at like 800 yards. Oh, it was okay. just the head. And so he didn't see the antlers. So really he only, and he only, so he really only dropped one shot because he made okay. the impact. It was just the wrong one, but he didn't clean it nonetheless. But there was also, I don't think anybody zeroed the match. So Scott right. didn't build his matches for the top 10, and the bottom 10, he builds it for those like 80% in the middle um, to go out there and have fun. So now the course of fire was, was excellent facility. They had lunch every day. They had water everywhere. There was porta potties, uh, clean porta potties. Um, you know, it is a newer facility, but like John Cuckler, the property owner, is putting so much work into it. You know, he just had more fresh gravel put down there. I was out there, I don't call it three, four months ago for a class, and uh, it, he's improved it just since then too. Like he's constantly putting uh, improvement into the the place. You know, it's his it's awesome. his baby. 
Okay, so it isn't the first time that you've shot there, but it is the first match you've shot there. Yeah, so when we did the class, I never went up on the ridge, so I didn't okay. know that stuff existed up there. I was just on like the square range where everybody checked in kind of thing. Okay, fantastic. Cool. Yep. So uh, let's talk about your sponsors because I know that you got a, t- a few of them. You got some affiliates some things like that. So mm-hmm. let's throw that stuff out there. Um, so Leah Photo, uh, they're here in the local to me in the New Orleans area. I work with them. Uh, we don't have any type, type of agreement, so to speak, but we work together. Um, I am a dealer for them. And then uh, like the, tri- the, the tripod I'm running right now is one of their newer prototype ones. Um, and I, I really like it. I think everybody will 202 when it comes out. It's a 36 mil uh, three section. So it's it's just tall enough that you can see off of it kneeling, but it's not too long to be cumbersome through the woods kind of thing. Okay. Um, P- Peterson Cartridge Company. Uh, we just I haven't signed the paperwork yet, but it's coming soon. Um, be an official sponsored shooter of theirs. They're out of Pennsylvania. Uh, I started by running. I started their brass. Uh, picked them up off a prize table last year, and uh, just one thing led to another. Um, working with them, and they're great people. They're a smaller company, um, but they they put out some excellent brass. It's a yeah. I'm running running, running Peterson in my, my BR. Nice. I've got some Dasher on order. I'm gonna we're gonna try and get more into some of the PRS stuff, but we got a baby due in May, and uh, the time to shoot is just gonna be limited really to one series because there's nothing within an hour or two of New Orleans. Everything's five plus hours for me here. So yeah, exactly. Um, that's it's really about the only uh, sponsorship. Um, and then you kind of sponsor yourself right too through uh, yeah. RTR Precision, right? Yep. So RTR Precision is a is a small LLC. I started as a way to I didn't know anything about business. Uh, started as a way to try to write some of the stuff off, and then talked to an actual CPA, and it's one of those things. He's like, "Man, you know, nobody gets in business to lose money." You know. Right. So I was like, "All right, well now I got to start trying to figure out what to sell." And um, so I just the relationship with Leah Photo uh, did it. And um, you know, I was I guess also like in a vein of vanity. I don't really like to like use my name as a, as a marketing type tool kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's where the, the RTR came from. Uh, what is RTR William, stand for? Stands for right time writer. My buddy, Matt, uh, he has says that I'm always just happy to be in the right place at the right time. And, uh, I'd say that's, that's probably fair. Uh, you know, just like I shot the grind last year at Robert Brent. And that's because I picked up a manor stock at an NRL hunter match that he happened to be at. Um, yep. So it's just being in the right time at the right place. It's, uh, I think a lot of it's karma. I'm a big believer in karma. I try to help people out. Um, one, because that's the right thing to do. But two, selfishly, I think that it brings more good karma back to me. If yeah. I'm just being honest about it, you know. 100%. They always say it's better to give than to receive. But everybody likes to receive some of that good karma every now and then, too. But you got to put it in. Yeah. And I, I, I definitely understand what, you, what you're saying there. Is, uh, I don't um, – I don't consider myself a businessman, but like I've got a lot invested in the podcast stuff and the equipment and like all the travel and stuff like that. So am I trying to like make my podcast a business? Maybe, maybe not like, but probably the same thing that you're doing is, is find something that I can get behind and then, and then at least be a distributor or something like that. And that's going to, you know, take time and X, Y, Z, but, um, yeah, like all the all the ROing that I do do, like shooting or squad mom or all the two days that I used to RO and would travel just to RO, like 
when I like people obviously know who you are when you do that. Like that's mm-hmm. why people will actually sit down and talk to me when I ask them to is because they yep. know that I'm 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 doing it to doing it to help, not just to be like, you know, what can I get or X Y Z. Yeah, and I, I I agree. There's a it's just like any other industry, you got to pay your dues, kind of thing. Uh, yeah, always be be your bigger asset than a liability. That's what I like to you know kind of live by. How can you make yourself valuable, um, whether that's to your family or to a business or to your own business or just the industry? And uh, how can you make it better for yourself and others? Yeah, for sure, hundred yeah. percent. Well, bud, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna end this one and uh, we'll sign off here, and then um, we'll get this posted up in the in the near future. So, hang on. Uh, once again, guys, you're listening to another GD podcast. Super appreciate it. Go check out RTR uh, RTR Precision. Go check out uh, Lee Frodo. Um, go check out Peterson Cartridge Company. Go check out um, the NRL Hunter. Go check out some of the matches that are near you. Get signed up and and come out to one of these matches and and learn. They do have a skills stage where or a skills division where you're you're literally you get coaching on the clock you get um you get the ability to to learn instead of just jumping straight into competition so if this type of shooting sounds fun to you definitely jump in what you got one more two more things real quick also i don't have these aren't official sponsors but they've helped me out a lot throughout it bart line barrels and badger ordnance so i just wanted to also well, since you were doing shout outs there at the end uh oh yeah they've sure. been 100%. super helpful too and sport optics Sport Optics is another one. They're just north of me here in Louisiana. So Sport Optics, Badger Ordnance, and Bartline Barrels have been super helpful. And Robert Brantley, if y'all don't know him, go find him, follow him. He's got a new business, Big Rubber Ballistics, uh, doing some oh, training really? and stuff. Big yeah, he's, uh, he's got – yeah. So go, go give him a stuff. follow too. Yeah, man. Sorry to interrupt the end of the, the – Oh, no, you're there, totally but, fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was Bartline, it was Badger, and it was Big River it? Ballistics is the name of uh, Robert's new Robert's, venture. Right. Yeah. What was it? What was the other one uh, that you mentioned? Bartline, Badger, and then Sport Optics. Oh, Sport Optics. Yep, they're yep. up uh, in Hammond, Louisiana, just on the other side of Lake Pontchartrain from me, and uh, okay, they've helped awesome. me out with stuff too. So, yep. I'm actually going to try and get down wife. to Kentwood. Um, I'm going to go try and do uh, do an interview with a guy down there. I got to. He's got to message me back, but that's the cool. Um, yeah. So go check out all those cool, those cool companies that are, that are helping shooters in the sport, doing the thing. We're here with um, one of the, the shooters that shot as a team. And this is Mr. Jason Dunn. So go ahead and introduce yourself and kind of tell us a little bit about your shooting history in general. All right. Like I said, uh, Jason Dunn from southeast part of Alabama. Uh, pretty much grew up hunting uh, my whole life. So obviously shooting guns, uh, that kind of thing. Um, kind of got into the USPSA uh, pistol shooting thing probably, oh, that was 2017, uh did that 16, 17 through around uh, 19 or so. Uh, pretty much local stuff, but still city challenges, uh, local USPSA stuff. 
I have a really good pistol uh, range. It's pretty close to my house. And uh, shot that for a little while. Really enjoyed that. Had some friends that did some long-range stuff. And, uh, man, I, I dipped my toe in that pond. And, and uh, you know how that goes. That I went down that rabbit hole deep. So that just really uh, struck a chord with me for whatever reason and sold all my competition pistols and everything I had and just switched over to the bolt gun thing and and been really kind of doing that since uh, late 2019 I've, I've kind of dabbled in it and then uh, you know as i've got into the prs uh outlawish style matches like in altus uh and then really uh got interested in the nrl hunter just because of all the problem solving and all those kind of things that's involved uh, rather than just the the shooting part so okay i uh, re- really enjoyed that and uh just kind of got gotten deep down that down that uh that rabbit hole right now. Okay, so <clears throat> been shooting competitions for a while, so not new to the um, the the IQ drop when the buzzer goes off. Um, right. I too have shot some USPSA stuff and some steel tap challenge stuff um, throughout uh, throughout my shooting journey as a, as a whole um, with the. Uh, did you find that there was anything transferable from pistol shooting over to rifle shooting? Was there anything that you seen that was transferable between the two disciplines? I would say the stage prep, uh, you know, USPSA probably a closer um, representation with U- with uh, USPSA and PRS. Uh, okay, you kind of know what you're getting into, you know, before the stage starts. You kind of have an opportunity to you know, see the targets, uh, do a kind of breakdown, make a, a plan, you know, and, uh, and try to execute that plan. So I, I kind of see that, uh, between those two, um, the NRL hunter, obviously, because it's blind, you know, you, you just don't know what you're getting into until you, you know, you make that turn around the corner or whatever the case may be. And you have to problem solve on the clock, so to speak. Uh, but I, that's, you know, I do see a, a, a combination between those two with the, the, you know, comparable to USPSA and PRS. Okay. Now you said that you shoot a little bit of the PRS style outlaw stuff. We've shot together at Altus. Um, is your PRS gun different than your hunter gun? And if so, what is your gun set up for NRL hunter? Uh, this year uh, I'm shooting a, uh, it's a Tika action with a uh, Patriot Valley uh, prefit barrel on it. Uh, Manners PRS one uh, chassis, uh, Skypod. I shot in this particular match. Uh, kind of assumed that I would need a little bit of the extra adjustment. Yep. Um, and uh, and and did um, <laughs> even more so than I thought. But um, little pole Mark five uh, PRS two reticle uh, Hawkins rings. You know, I'm, I'm sliding in there uh, with my setup. Uh, got a TMB brake. Uh, it's a little hit on the heavier end because I left the tuner on it. Okay. Uh, but I'm sliding in just over 14 pounds. So I'm really not pushing the limit, you know, with teams at 16 pounds. So I could cut some weight and kind of come down a little bit if I, if I thought I needed to, but, uh, but I, you know, I'm kind of in that ballpark, uh, shoot six, five Creed, six, five Creed. Okay. Um, yeah. what bullet and what, how fast were you going? Um, so I'm shooting 140 LDMs, uh, She's cooking pretty good. I've, I've, my my charge, I think, is pushing a little close to the limit. But uh, I think they had me as the standard. Uh, was like twenty nine oh eight. Wow. So, 
Yeah, she's, she's moving <laughs> That's pretty good. That's I was going last year. Yeah, I, I did, that wasn't intended. Um, I think the barrel kind of sped up on me again unexpectedly because that, that barrel just doesn't have a whole lot of rounds through it. Right. And, uh, and it sped up on me and uh, seems to actually, when I put the TMB on it, I picked up a little bit of speed uh, going to that break from my uh, Area 419 that I had on it originally. And I okay. uh, can't explain that, but it did pick up a, few, a little bit, and it kind of pushed me over that 2,900. I, I think I'm kind of running close to the limit there. So before this next match at, at uh, Arena, we're going to throttle her back a little bit. Okay. Um, so. Yeah, because you uh, – when I was talking to Will, he's like, yeah, your your threshold's 380,000 for um, your power factor, right? You're sitting at like 406,000. So yeah, we <laughs> definitely got some, you've got some time to, to scale that down, uh, find yeah. something that probably works in, in that rifle. I mean, last year I was doing with my steel barrel, I was doing 2850, um, area with, uh, with one forties. And now I'm in, um, I'm, I, w- I don't want to say I'm barely meeting power factor. I'm meeting power factor, but I'm shooting, in the twenty six sixty range with one forty threes, so yeah, I'm it's, barely I'm barely cutting by, but I'm there. <laughs> yeah, it it shot well, uh, shot really good. Uh, I mean, the gun shot really well in the match, and and it's shooting good anyway. And uh, so it kind of hit that node. It was on the high side, but I was like, ah, I'm still okay. And then it's kind of sped up a little bit more on me, and uh, I'm like, yeah, might, might not have to back it off just a little bit, but. Um, so we're going to, we're going to do some, I'm going to do some tinkering, uh, between now and then and, uh, and actually looking at a caliber change, but you know how that is. You, you're always oh, man. looking for the next best thing. So, uh, but you know, well, the two number one guys were running like tw- uh, 25 cows. So, well, that's, that's the, the rabbit hole I've been trying to go down the last couple of months, really looking at that, talking to some guys that shot it. Um, and, uh, some, some really, you know, higher level shooters that I've met over the years through competition have kind of picked their brain a little bit, what they think. Um, Ryan Steinforth, who's a, you know, big time NRL, uh, you know, he's won four different matches, I think three or four different matches. Uh, Excellent shooter. Awesome guy. Uh, I get to pick his brain quite a bit. Yep. Um, and, and ask him some questions. He's been uh, talking to a lot of people about the 25. So I've kind of looked at 25 off 47, 25 Creedmoor kind of thing. So, Uh, but anyway, that's, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I mean, it's, it's hard to beat a bullet that you're getting like a three thirty BC on, right. If you're using burger, right. like one thirty fives, like, okay, you're mm-hmm. losing five grains, but you're going up in BC dramatically and you can push those hard enough to get you back into power factor pretty easy. So, um, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to call it the gamer caliber, but you know, who, who well, knows? I mean, in reality, we're trying to gain this thing anyway. I mean, it is a game. We're trying to replicate, especially with NRL Hunter, you know, hunting situations as best as you can. And like with this past match, some things really crossed over, and I got a chance to see some things that I haven't seen before. Um, okay. But, uh, but you know, it's – you know, we're, we're always trying to game it. So, man, if I can come up with the next yeah. thing to give me just a little bit of an edge, you know, of some sort, then, hey, I'll take it, you know. Yeah, but you got to, like uh, – one of my good, uh, one of my good friends down in South Florida, he says, you know, the, the caliber is a thousand dollar investment. Absolutely. Between brass dies, 
bullets if it takes a different powder xyz mm. you know you got you got an amp annealer back there you need a new a new gauge for that you need a new <laughs> mandrel die you need or mandrel bot or mandrel piece not necessarily the die like there's so many and then you need the comparator set and like all that little stuff like that adds up and that 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 Absolutely. comes that comes out i mean if you're going to do it right you want to have the right equipment for sure um so real quick before we get into the other gear that you said, you said that you saw some things or some things that were there that um, uh, you kind of learned from. Can you touch on those real quick? Okay, you're back. Yeah, uh, yeah, I just got you right now. Yeah. You froze. Did you hear the question? Uh, I heard the start of it. Okay, so uh, before we get into the gear, the other gear that you used, you mentioned that there was a couple of things um, that you saw in the match that you kind of learned from um, that were different or um, – you hadn't seen before. What were, what were those couple of things? Um, and, and they're kind of gear related, but, uh, the shooting downhill, there was a lot of, uh, you know, most of the ranges that we've shot at here, arena, Altus, all this kind of thing. These are typical flat ground, you know, uh, type matches. Uh, and we just don't have a whole lot of terrain here. So, um, there we were up on, on the side of a, for Alabama, it's a mountain, but you know, for right. everybody else, it's a, it's a hill. So, uh, we, we, you know, hiked up on this hill. So you really realized where, you know, bipod height and things such as that, you know, tripod deployment, those kind of things were really, really important. And, uh, it made you realize like my partner, he struggled a little bit with the bipod that he had and, uh, getting enough height, uh, trying to shoot it off his belly, you know? So kind of figured out those kind of things and uh, being given those problems, it gave us some things to work on gear wise. Okay. Uh, a few things to take into account when you know that you're going to have some sort of elevation issues like that. And most of it was all shooting downhill. We didn't really shoot uphill much, not at, not at much okay. enough to, to speak of, but the downhill part, um, that was a challenge that I've, I've not seen before. Uh, and you just don't know how to tackle that. You know, as old say, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Um, so when we first started out, there was a couple of shots that were at a fairly steep downhill angle and he was struggling and, uh, and I didn't know how to help him. I didn't know what he needed. Uh, right. obviously as the match went on, we learned things to do to try to get ourselves off the ground and use our gear effectively. But to begin with, I didn't know how to how to help him. So it's kind of you feel helpless because I, I could see him struggling, but there's not much I can do for him at the time because I don't want to make it worse. Right. Um, so I just kind of backed up and tried to let him solve the problem. Uh, but that was a real, really big thing there that I've seen that I've never seen before. And it was really just that shooting at a downhill angle. And it causes some problems with that kind of stuff and some other things uh, ballistics wise on the second day that I okay. had not encountered. So that was a good, good opportunity, uh, opportunity and a good uh, learning uh, chance to learn and, and kind of figure out some new problems. Okay. Uh, so what was the other gear that you were using? So um, as uh, we'll put it last night, um, this match is like 65 to 70% of gear management and only like 30% shooting. So like, what was that gear that you were managing? Uh, were you running chest rigs, uh, laser range finding binos or single monoculars, or what were you using for a ruck, you know, fill in your bags? Like what were you guys, what was your guys' setup? Uh, we're both running, uh, the mystery ranch sawtooth 45s. Uh, okay. you know, they had the lightweight frame. I think, uh, you, I want to say you looked at my pack yep, while we I were did. there at, at Altus. Uh, I ran that pack. 
Uh, we're both running it, so we're familiar with the pockets in case, hey, I I need you to get that bag for me kind of thing. I know how to yep. to how to get things in and off, off of his bag. So we're both running the same. Um, I'm running a uh, Leofoto tripod, uh, okay. four section. Uh, I think it's the 364C maybe, I think, so don't quote me on that. But I um, re- really like that tripod. I have had good luck. Actually, uh, William Ryder's the one that kind of, showed me some things on, yep. uh, on the Leo photos at the match last year at, um, in Louisiana, at, yep. at the, the match there where we met. And, um, so I, I kind of got onto that, that game, um, used, uh, I think I had just a standard fill, uh, game changer bag. I decided to go with that. We were expecting a lot of rain and, right. uh, my, my medium is a heavy fill and I was afraid it would turn into a rock. Uh, like yes. it did when we shot at Altus with all the rain. So I, I went with that standard field bag and just kind of rocked with that. And, and it, it really did well. Uh, didn't feel like I was unstable at any time using it. That was kind of my first time shooting a match with that particular bag as my full on everything bag. Right. And, uh, and, and it, it did well. Uh, had a little pump fill a little bit to the smaller versions that I had clipped on them all bag. Um, tell you one thing i did use this match that i have not used before that was new to me but the handy uh dope cards uh by redbeard tactical okay um is that the one that I, like I slips put, onto your hand that's right that's right yeah, i ran a, one of those up so i ran an arm board and i ran that handy so that i could keep both of our dopes out on top right. and see them both without having to flip back and forth and i could write down my information on it absolutely love that that was okay uh, I'll run that from from now on. That that worked for me. Um, yeah, I first saw that handy board from uh, from uh, from Cal uh, Harmon. Saw him running that yeah. thing, and I was like, and he had like a little itty bitty tiny stopwatch on it. I was like, see, that's the jam right there. Small, out of the way. Like you can see yeah. it when you need to see it. Like yeah, that was that that was slick. Yeah, Kale, I think Kale runs it. Uh, Ryan, uh, God, I can't think of his last name, uh, uh, works with uh, Magneto Speed. Oh, Ryan Hay. Uh, yeah, Ryan, Ryan Hay runs one. Uh, saw him uh, one, and uh, I've uh, – yep, got me. Yep, gotcha. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, that, that worked really well. <laughs> okay. Um, what, kind of, uh, what kind of binos are you running? Uh, running the, uh, the Furies, uh, okay. the, the 5,000 with the AB. Gotcha. Uh, this was, this was the first match that I actually used the AB. Okay. Uh, last year I went off all hard data, just used it for the range finding. Gotcha. Uh, just never could messed with this, with the, um, the settings and just couldn't get it to line up with Kestrel, it. You know, and I use Hornady Ford off a lot as well. Right. And okay. I, I kind of wanted that triple check of having all three of those matched together. And I just never could do that. It was user error, I'm sure. Um, okay. And, but this time I finally had some time, had a chance to get them all together. And it was all, you know, uh, working pretty, pretty well together for the match. Didn't, didn't have any issues with any of that. Okay. Um, overall, and you shot teams. We've, we've established mm-hmm. that. Um, Overall, for the match, um, you've been to a couple of these different um, hunter matches now. Arena, Vance, this. What was your over, overall impression of the match? To my knowledge, they've never had a hunter match there before. They don't have PRS there. 
So what is your overall thought process of how they, um, how the range, not necessarily how Scott did with the range, but how the range stacked up to other venues. And then how did Scott take a range that previously doesn't do these type of competitions and then was able to utilize it for, for the NRL hunter. Uh, It's an absolutely uh, beautiful range uh, set up really good for an NRL hunter. It's uh, to be honest with you, it was kind of almost made for it. Uh, It's very wooded remote. Um, It, it, I could see it more so for that than PRS. I don't don't know that you couldn't run PRS on it, but NRL hunter seemed like it was really, uh, it's a really awesome venue for that. Um, it, there's lots of ways to be creative with that place because of the elevation, because of the terrain, you know, all the terrain in the woods and, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. So it was, uh, it was an awesome place. I really enjoyed it. And it's different. Um, it's different than anything else that you can really shoot around here. Um, that was kind of the, the, the big difference maker, I guess is, you know, South Alabama, this whole area, wiregrass area, whatever you want to call it. Um, most things are flat, like we talked about, and it, it was not that there. And uh, yeah, I saw the rolling hills, and I was like, man, that's awesome. Because the far, farther north you get in Alabama, you actually get into rolling hills. Um, you do. And uh, the first time, from my first experience with that, was going to the uh, Cavern Cove match, the 22 Rimfire match that uh, Levi Wilson puts on my first trip up there. I was like, man, there's actually Hills and stuff in Alabama. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> um, super beautiful range too. But yeah, I was super bummed. I wasn't able to make, make this match. Cause there, it looked like such a, after looking at all the pictures that were posted, I was like, man, there's some uphill, there's some downhill. There's some, you know, definitely some terrain use, like shooting in between the, uh, the cross of that tree, like, and the, the V not like just some super interesting positions that you had to, uh, to engage some targets from. So, um, that was super cool, but overall match was super good. Like, um, it's not super built up like a K and M or an Altus where they've got giant gazebos and, you know, all this other, other stuff. It's more of that. It's out there. It's flat. There's a firing line and, and this is what we got to work with. Oh yeah. Yeah. They had a, you know, one little uh, pole barn covering, I think is there. That's a, a main structure they have. Uh, but other than that, it's just, uh, some, some gravel parking lot and, uh, roads, you know, which is, I mean, it's really well kept and, uh, um, it's just kind of, Hey, this is, this is some nature here. You can do with it what you want. So they've kept it as raw, I think, as you possibly can and have it, uh, usable for a range, yeah. which is good. I, I like to see that. And you're sitting back off, uh, man, from the paved road, it's got to be close to a couple of miles oh, off wow. the paved road that you ride on a dirt road back to this range. And uh, it's off in the middle of nothing. You can get up on top of the hill, and I think you can shoot somewhere close to 270 degrees off the top of that hill in any direction from from targets that you could engage uh, out to – you know, three, 400 yards, obviously downhill easily. And then somebody said there's some other targets you can see way off in the distance. I heard 2,400 uh, meters Ooh. thrown out there. Uh, <laughs> it looked like it from where we were. Obviously we couldn't range stuff from the top of the hill, but uh, you can, you can stretch it out there and, uh, and you got a, a big you know direction of fire, which is really awesome, you know, to be able to shoot multiple different directions. I mean, we, we were on top of that hill and you had, uh, on day two, there was one, two, three, four, four different stages running off the top of that hill 
all shooting in different directions. Oh, wow. um, that's yeah, crazy. So that's awesome. Of one heel. So I get this range. So it was, it was very well run. Um, obviously Scott's world-class shooter. So he's, he's got a good idea of how to set up, set up, how, how to set up a match. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. So what was your favorite stage? Now, granted, I wasn't there. I don't know what any of these stages look like, but what was your favorite stage? Um, probably the, honestly, the favorite stage was, uh, there was a rocks. There was the rocks there. I can't remember. I want to say it was, uh, it Will was said it was two. a hog at like 600 and change. Uh, I want to say so. He, I want to say he was RO in that uh, okay. that particular uh, uh, stage uh, when we sh- when we shot it. It was like eleven or twelve. I can't remember. It was on, on day two because we started on top of the hill and had to come back down to that stage. But I really enjoyed that one because you're shooting off the rocks, but it wasn't like traditional, uh, you know, waist high rocks, dude. Right. You had to shoot kind of through a little porthole uh, that you had to shoot off of and come through. So that was a pretty good. Uh, I, I enjoyed that. That was something different. Uh, we shot it okay. fairly well. Um, did pretty pretty well on it. Um, there were nothing that was overly confusing stages wise. Uh, it just the problems that we ran into were obviously the downhill stuff, and that messed us up with our positions a lot. Okay, and uh, there was there was a few that that threw us for a loop. So with so with that, what's the stage that you want to get back? Like if you could go back there and reshoot one stage, um, what would that be? So we started on stage five on the first day, and then uh, we went to stage six, which was going up that hill I was talking about. You're okay. not quite at the crest, but you're just up it. And that's where I told you that me and my partner struggled so much. Uh, he was shooting first at this time, and uh, he struggled so much to get that elevation, knowing – you know, now, uh, right. you know, what I know, uh, I could have done some things to make that a lot easier for him. Okay. The first target, he just could not get that. And we really, like, I never got to even fire a shot on, on that, on that particular stage. Okay. I think, I want to say he got a couple of, wound up getting a couple of impacts. So we really flopped on that stage. But I think what kind of really gets me is the fact of, like I said before, watching him struggle and not knowing how to help him. Right. And, uh, that's kind of a, kind of a helpless feeling and, uh, and not knowing what to do to help him. And now I, I do know if I had that back, I think we could at least do, do a better job of managing the gear and getting a good opportunity to, uh, to get some points and make some good shots. So was he trying to shoot off of the, the bipods or like, would you have switched to a, a, a shooting off the top of a tripod or, doing like trying to get his bipod as high as he could yeah. do like a seated with a tripod rear. Like what were, what were your, what would, what would you get different in that case? Well, that, that stage, the first position you had to actually shoot between, uh, they had two stakes that were there and you had to actually have your barrel in between those stakes. Now they were off the ground a little bit, but it made it where you couldn't just throw it on a tripod standing and just go. They had okay. to be between them, but ours are obviously frame packs with those packs. And, uh, knowing now I would have thrown our pack up in front of him let him lay his rifle on it. He could have sat from a seated position right. and shot that first position very easily, uh, put a pump pillow in the back, or I could have uh, handed him my tripod for our tripod rear, um, could have made that work very easily. I believe we talked to Scott about that stage later. And he said, and when he proofed that stage, he did it with a bag. He shot off of a bag. Right. So, uh, knowing, 
knowing that now we could, that could have been something that was quick. Wouldn't have had to really set up a whole lot. He was shooting a, uh, an Atlas bipod, uh, okay. and at the angle that we were shooting for that first target all the way up with that wouldn't have got him there. Yeah. Uh, exactly. so it was still, he was just kind of the, the, he just couldn't get it right. And so having that, that would have been, you know, good information to have at the time we could, we could, I feel like we could have done a little better. Right. And you were running, what kind of bipod were you running? I have the Skypod, but I had the standard pool. Okay. So it's, uh, you know, it's not the PRS, the short one. It's kind of in between it, the double pool. Um, and it was plenty enough when I actually got it. There you go. That's it. So, uh, it actually would get me high enough and I could do just fine. And I kind of knew what I needed to do after he had gotten through that little problem. Right. I just, uh, by the time he got through to the last position, cause it was one target, four positions and the other three, uh, the way you worked up the hill wasn't so bad. Um, I kind of had the problem solved, obviously with being able to have some time to think about it and my bipod would get high enough, but I just, I didn't, didn't have time to actually close the bolt and squeeze the round off. So, right. Um, yeah, that's, that's definitely frustrating. Um, what, uh, what would you say the biggest, like if you had to take three key takeaways from this, uh, what would be those three, those three main learning objectives that you guys hit or that you three big learning takeaways that you got from this match um uh being in southern alabama not getting a lot of opportunity to shoot up or downhill i'm i'm sure that practicing up and downhill shooting would probably be one of them but uh what are your three big takeaways yeah obviously that just trying to to uh uh, the, I would say obviously the first thing being the practice and the, the field downhill, the angles as much as you possibly can. Don't, don't go for comfort, you know, when you're at the range and just shooting off standard barricades and things such as that, trying to create those kind of problems since, since we had so much trouble with it, uh, trying to be creative with my gear a little bit more. Um, okay. there, there were things that like shooting off the pack and things. We just don't do that much here. Right. Um, you know, out West guys, they probably think, man, shooting off of a bag or things like that. That's just commonplace things, but you just don't really do that hunting here or, or really in any kind of shooting much. Uh, you just don't have to do that. So, uh, trying to come up with creative ways to use the gear to solve the problems, uh, not just gear management. You know, I think of gear management. A lot of times I think I've fallen into the thing of, of, hey, deploy your tripod quickly, get on glass to start looking quickly, uh, make sure your bag is readily available, those kinds of problems solving our gear management, if you will. But not just that, but, hey, you have these things. How many ways can I use them to solve the problems? And that's right. what I like so much about the NRL Hunter is the fact that I got an opportunity to, you know, to shoot something like that. And it just gives you uh, uh, an eye opening on, you know, what you think, you know, you don't, you know, and, right. and new ways to use gear and, and, uh, and try to use it to your advantage to solve some of these issues. Um, communication is another thing. We've only shot one other match together other than this one at the guardian. Okay. Uh, I think as a team, I think that is probably other than gear management, I would say obviously communication, I think is the next most important thing that you can possibly do as a team. Uh, we're still working out the kinks on that. Uh, I think we did a lot better with uh, our uh, targets and being able to walk each other onto targets as we found them and, and things like that. 
but it, you can always improve on your communication. So that would probably be the third thing is really focusing on that, that communication and getting better and sharpen our skills on that, uh, to be a little bit more effective. Are you guys near each other? Can you guys like go out and practice those things? We, we are to a degree. We're probably, as far as we live, about 35 or 40 minutes away from each other. Uh, usually, he is actually taking a full-time job uh, up at uh, Maxwell okay. uh, in, the, in the Air Force. So, um, he's doing a, a AGR uh, job gotcha. there. So, he's gone a lot of times Monday through Friday. But we are going to try to work together some more and shoot down at Altus and our little local range here. To try to work on some of those things between now and, and Arena get some of those kinks worked out uh, with the communication thing, try to try to get us a, a, a standard of how we'll attack and that's, things. I'd, I'd say maybe do a three-way call with Ryan as well. Like, sure. um, for the guy that like ran the gamut on freaking uh, team matches last year, like get, get in with them and kind of uh, or get in with Ryan and just kind of pick his brain. Like, Hey, what, what is your guys' standard practice or how did you approach this issue? And maybe that'll work for you guys. Also, um, um, Leanna Mitchell and Daniel Horner were there. They took, I think, second place teams. Um, I think that was the first time they had shot one of these matches together, but they're both world-class shooters. So it's a little, it's a little hard to be like, Oh, beginner's luck. No, like, they they're world-class shooters so the shooting might have been the easier aspect for them. maybe the the communication was was difficult i don't know i haven't talked to them um i want to um if you uh go on instagram or whatever and find the six hour video you can actually hear some of their communication in there as well where you know either one of them, Daniel or Lena are behind the other person, almost on top of them, guiding them on to the target, you know, mm. giving them, um, the, uh, giving them a win, what they're going to hold as far as like, Hey, I'm holding center or hold center or, uh, whatever. And I think, and even as from the ROing aspect, some of the teams that do perform the best are the ones that have really, really good communication. Like last year at Bayou, um, Brandon Green uh, placed really, really well. I think they took first for the. Um, yeah, that was uh, him and Ryan actually yeah. won that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Ryan and Brandon Green, like their communication, even though they're not the same partner, like they've changed partners between matches or whatever. They were just they were just on it as far as communication goes. Um, so they're doing something right, and Absolutely. and that it's not shooter spotter like communication like we would think in the military with Mm -hmm. an actual sniper platoon or whatever but it's just like speaking the same language and being able to interpret what your partner's saying and then apply it to the situation that's given i think um we definitely don't do that in in other shooting disciplines because it is an individual um an individual match so like i can't be like hey you were you know two tenths off the right on this target. Like you can't do that in the PRS. So right. um, definitely being able to, to give corrections or, or walk a person onto a target is, is a benefit in the team setting in this NRL hunter series. Um, any other, any other thoughts on, uh, on the match as a whole? Like um, were you able to, to score anything sweet off the prize table? Like, um, 
we don't go to these matches for the prize tables, but the the sponsors definitely throw uh, throw some awesome products on there and show us some love. So what did uh, what were you able to get off the prize table? Um, as prize table wise, uh, I, I was pretty, pretty. We didn't perform real well, so obviously we didn't get to walk uh, <laughs> quite as early as some of the other teams. But yeah, super early. I, I did. Uh, so, but I actually did, um, at the time, I think my, my partner, uh, he needs another tripod. Uh, he was able to pick up a 50% off cert from a uh, Leah photo. I saw it and I was like, Hey man, grab, grab that cert. Did you, he was talking about needing another, uh, you know, trying to get another tripod. So he grabbed that and, uh, I, I wound up picking up some, uh, some new Leah, Fo- I mean, uh, I'm sorry, uh, loop old, uh, sunglasses, uh, cause mine are absolutely smashed from, uh, using them at work called Oh, I know that um, game. <laughs> and uh, so I, I was overdue for a, for a new for a new pair uh, anyway. So uh, I grabbed those. There was a lot of other things that were up there. Um, and, man, they SIG went all out. Uh, they they really kind of rolled out the red carpet, it seemed like, from the other events that I've been to. Uh, okay. I really haven't seen a sponsor, you know, kind of show up with that kind of presence like they did. So that was awesome to see that. They had a, a big tent, uh, man, lots of – spotters and binos and uh and optics and uh they had they even had some rifles that were set up that you could shoot uh oh, wow, some yeah. okay. yes so um they they really had had that going on and uh got to talk with a few of those guys man they were they were they were super awesome um and just kind of check out their products it, it was really cool to see them kind of roll out the red carpet at a at, at one of these events especially being rural it you know wasn't easy for them to haul it haul all this equipment oh, in yeah, and the gear and and everything else so that was that was pretty awesome it looked like a lot of people showed out with stuff uh manners obviously uh robert brantley was there so he he brought some some stuff and um i seen a a lot of different really good uh really good things that were on the table so that the sponsors kind of showed up showed up to this event which which was awesome to see so i think it was some pretty cool stuff that got picked up awesome um you got any shout outs or you got any sponsors you want to show some love to or, or companies that have been helping you out throughout your, throughout your journey? I've been working uh, here recently. There's a local, uh, a local gunsmith to me. Uh, he's been shooting for a long time, but Garrison Pratt has, uh, yeah. has been working with some, um, he's doing, going to be doing all my, all my future gunsmith and stuff. He's been really awful. Awesome. Really, really helpful with uh, questions on, on gear and things that I've, might have had because I'm I'm still fairly new to this you know the bolt gun thing. Uh, this is really kind of the first full year that that I've shot competitions. I dabbled in a little bit towards you know last year some, right. but this year is going to have quite a few competitions. So uh, he's been really helpful. Obviously Ryan Steinforth, man, he's you know met him. He's been a been a good buddy through this, and uh, and and I do lean on him and Brandon Green. Uh, I've reached out to both of them, and and uh, really as a as a whole, I you know. To anybody out there that thinks about shooting any any real uh, precision rifle uh, matches, man, just show up and and come out, bring what you got, have a good time. People will will go out of their way to uh, to try to make you feel welcome and let you try out gear and talk to you. And man, I've I've met some people like Kale Harmon, met him several times. He's uh, easy to talk to. I mean, these are world class shooters, guys that you know don't know me from from anything. And uh, and they are always helpful, always nice, always able to. to it's because they're intimidated. Sort of information. You got the yeah. muscles. They're intimidated. <laughs> I don't think Kale for certain is not. I look, <laughs> I look like a little kid standing next to him. He is a he's a grown man for sure. But uh, 
but man, I, that guys have just always been really nice. And, uh, and so if you've got a chance to come out to one of these matches, any kind of PRS style, I would say, or, or especially NRL hunters, uh, just, just show up, have a good time. Uh, I think that's probably one of the things I like the most about the events that I've been to in this is the people, uh, I love shooting. I love challenging myself. I love trying to put myself in uncomfortable positions and finding my weaknesses and, and trying to improve on that. And I want to be the best shooter I can, but man, I've been some awesome people so far just in the last couple of years and people I've, I've become to call friends. And, uh, and that, that, that is one thing that I like more than anything else about this sport so far is, uh, is just the people. So, um, yeah, I, I would just say if you, if you're thinking about it whatsoever, man, show up, just, just bring what you got and uh, and come have a good time fantastic and what's uh you said your gunsmith being garrison pratt but what's his what's his business name is follow through rifle works follow through yeah and uh he's local to me and uh like i said he doesn't uh he doesn't overly advertise i think he's more of a word of mouth kind of thing um he also i think he sponsors a couple of shooters uh but you know ryan ryan, yep, ethan ryan and ethan yep yeah they they shoot for him so uh and that's, that's why i was like garrison i was like i know who that is i just can't remember what his business name was right he runs uh he has a lot to do with the guardian he's really big with the guardian yes and uh, i met him there uh first time i actually got to meet him was him and josh lemon were running the uh uh the little class ahead of time yep. and uh the uh like the competition prep we we decided to take that and i got to meet him and josh uh lemon and and just kind of struck up a friendship from that and and uh, i was yeah. like hey man i'll let you have to do some work for me so yeah he's been awesome sweet awesome well i super appreciate your time and um it was uh it was nice to catch up and uh and and hear some feedback whether it be good or based on a good or bad performance um it's always nice to get people's perspective of the match as well as um what they learned because i i guess that's you know we can go out to go out to a match but sharing what we learned at that match definitely can help the next guy um down the road if they have if they have a match there next year, you're going to be better prepared. And this might help somebody else prepare for that match as well. So I definitely want to take the time to say thank you for, uh, for coming on. And hopefully next time we can do one of these in person and see how well you've improved uh, uh, the next time. So with that, everybody, thanks for listening to another GD podcast. Um, Be sure to like, and subscribe, go on whatever, um, listening platform, whether it be Apple or Spotify, leave us a, uh, leave us some feedback, give us a rating, leave us a review. Um, even if it's one word, it definitely helps uh, with the exposure of the podcast and help us grow and reach new listeners. And that's what we're trying to do here is share the message of all the matches that are available in the precision rifle world with uh, shooters, whether they be established or new. So go check them out. And thanks for joining us, everybody.